surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. We meditate. We fix our thoughts on your faithfulness tonight. We start this service focused on your faithfulness, God. You are the faithful God. Faithful God. sufficient for us, made perfect in our weaknesses. We decree and declare that we are faithful to We are faithful to you. Say this with me. I am faithful to my God, Jehovah God. to my kids. I'm faithful to the calling on my life. We are faithful. We are a faithful people. Mm. Glory to God. Glory to God. Lord, we know that you're working something in us, something through us. You're working on something for us. you want to speak. I decree and declare by your grace that it's sufficient for me that I'll only say what you need me and want me to say. That Jesus will be high and lifted up and he'll draw all of us closer to him than we've ever been before tonight. We remind the devil that he's not welcome in here. We resist him and he flees from us. He scats. He scatters quickly. May come out against us one way, but he flees from us seven ways. We rest in your promises that you who began a good work in us tonight, Lord, will continue it until the day of your return. You are faithful and true to finish that work. We are confident of this. Our confidence is in your work. We are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus and the good works, and we will fulfill every assignment that you have for us on the face of the earth at a level the world isn't familiar with for your honor and glory. We are doing all things through Christ who strengthens us. We stay yielded to you, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Our eyes are fixed, focused, intently on you, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You are the greater one, and greater is you that is in us than he that is in the world. Oh, we don't give the devil any 
any clout this evening at all in any way, form, or fashion. You're under our feet. You're out of here. In Jesus' name, say, I receive everything God has for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. You can be seated if you'd like. You don't have to. You know, I say that because I've always, I've said that for years now. I was in a, in a church one time and man, the power of God showed up. You know, when that glory of God shows up, whew. Yeah. Well, you know, out of reverence, man, I, I, I was just, man, I was like frozen in the presence and the power of God. And God wanted to do something and I knew it. And I just kept worshiping the Lord, man. Goodness gracious. And the minister got up, just ignored it. Went on like, we're going to go to this word. And, I mean, people steadily started sitting down all over the place because he just started talking. And I was like, man. But I just, and then they came and asked me to sit down. So I sat down too. You know, but, 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 but what I recognize, and, and, and I mean, We've all made, you know, we've all made mistakes. I mean, I mean, I've missed it before, and the Lord's talking, and I'm in, you know, I've got to think I've, I've got to get something across. But you know, we, we need to pause. That, when the Word of God says "Selah," pause, sit still, and, and meditate on what God's trying to say or do at that moment. There are times when you can be in a service, and the service is going one way, but the Lord's talking to you specifically about some things. And so when I say that, I really mean that, man. If God's ministering to you and, and allow him to do what he, he is capable of doing. And so you trust in him when he asks you to do those things. And the Lord may have something specific for you in that situation. Um, man, we've been, Pastor Justin has just been unveiling the heart of a champion, the making of a champion, what it takes for us to be a champion this whole entire year. He's been consistent to, to stay on this. The majority of everything that we've been talking about, and I don't know if you all have this book, but it's a great book. It's called The Making of a Champion. And uh, we've been covering that. We're finishing this up t- tonight. Uh, and uh, we're, it's, it's uh, talking about the life of Nehemiah. And I love what Pastor Justin has done for us because he's basically taken a person that's a, a lay person, if you understand what a lay person, someone that's not, he wasn't called to the fivefold ministry. You know, he, he's, not, he's not someone that walks in the office of a prophet, teacher, evangelist, apostle, uh, or pastor. He, he's someone that, someone like that all of us, I believe all Christians, and you may be called into that realm as well, but I believe all Christians have a mandate from God to step up and do and be whatever it is God needs you to be at the moment. Now, I love the, the, the prophets and ministers of old. They did it all, man. They, you know, Paul was the first one. You know, he told him, he said, I work in my hands. He was a tent maker and everywhere he went, you know, that's what, you know, he, he did what he had to do in the physical realm as well as he did in the spiritual realm, you know. Moses was as successful as he was because Moses understood how to tend sheep. David was as successful as he was because David understood how to work. Amen. And I believe that that's one of the things that Pastor Justin's been seeding on the inside of us because we are a ministry. We're called, this ministry is called all over the world. We're, uh, there's a, t- man, I, I was listening to, you're going to hear a presentation on Sunday, but, you know, our live stream is, is in, the, in just the, the two full, almost certain three years, but, um, that we've been going on live stream, we've reached over uh, a qu- over a quarter of a million people already have have tuned. Different people have tuned into our live stream. 
You realize that? that from Crowley, Texas, all right? Amen. Isn't that something? And, and, but it takes so much more than just what takes place on a Sunday morning to do what it is that God's called us to do here in this church. And what Pastor Justin has been encouraging us and, and really um, urging us on is we need to make sure that we are in a position to be who God's created us to be for the body of Christ as much as whether we're on a pulpit or not. Even if I am a minister, I still have a responsibility. I have a responsibility in my home. I have a responsibility to my, to my church and, and a responsibility to the community to be what God's created me to be. He's given us all gifts and talents, and the callings on our lives are without repentance. And there's some natural things that God constantly wants us. And Pastor Justin challenges, you know, stay healthy. You know, it's one of the things he challenges us this year is get in shape. Do some things that are going to help put you in a position to do what it is God's called you to do. It really challenges us this whole entire year. So continue. Those challenges are not going to stop. We are next level men's ministry. Amen. Tonight, I want, to, I want us to, uh, to focus our engagement on what is it that we're going to do to make that difference. And so at the end, we're, I'm going to probably minister for about 20, 25 minutes max. And then we're going to, we're going to get together in about groups of five, four to six, five to six of us, a leader, in every, you know, a leader or so. In every, I don't know how many men we've got all together. Huh? 26. 26, yeah. So that'll, that'll work out. So we can get about, you know, four, maybe four groups of eight or something like that with a couple of leaders in each one. And, and uh, some of these guys are just, and we're going to, we're going to pray and set ourselves in agreement that during this, this season of our lives that we're going to uh, hold ourselves accountable, but also make a commitment to God that, you know what, I'm going to rise up and be the man of God that I'm supposed to be in my family. Even if it's, even if I'm, even if I'm not married, but I have a family, I've got to be, I got to step, step up. You know, God created us as men to lead. That's what he created us to be, to be. And we lead as he, as we follow him. So we've always got somebody to, to follow me, follow. And, and Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. But what God intended for us from the very beginning was he created man to rule and to reign, to have dominion here on the face of the earth. If your world's in a wreck, it's your fault. Come on. Own up. That's, that's, that's something that we as men have got to really take a hold of. But we're not called to do it alone. There's a blessing that's on us. And the blesser and, the, and God has enabled us and equipped us to be the men that he created us. He put us on the face of the earth to rule and reign with him. All right? And to have dominion and authority. You go look at, at Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. That's part of the calling that's on our life. To subdue the earth. This is before the fall of man. Come on. And then Jesus put everything back in perspective when he came back and bought back our right to rule and reign with him. We've been seated with him in heavenly places far above all principality. We need to know who we are. And that's what Pastor Justin has been pouring into us. Who we are so that we can do what it is that we're called to do. And it starts with the family first. He ordained marriage. That's when he brought a woman. said, whoa, man, you know. Adam wasn't crazy, you know. He's, he figured it out real fast. You know, everything else, was, there were animals on the earth. You know, all of a sudden, Eve came up and, yeah, he had a new revelation. Amen. That's right. And you know what was interesting is that uh, God presented Eve to Adam. It was his choice. Eve was his choice. Okay. And so, and in your families, it's in. And uh, in our families, it's important for us, if you are married, to understand that, you, you, you know, the woman's not called to underneath you. She's called beside you. That's why it's real important. But she is waiting. She's going to go where you tell her we're going to go. That's right. Amen. Come on. 
But you don't get, you don't get away from that from the Godhead. You're sub, you stay submitted to God. Submit yourself unto God. Your wife won't have a problem submitting herself to you. Just stay submitted to God. Because you got to love. You got to be willing to give up your life for your wife. When you have that revelation, then your wife is not going to have a problem. Whatever it is that God's leading you as a couple to go in the direction of. And so that's our responsibility. And so, so it's, it's so important for us. But also, it's our responsibility to have communion. You know who our, our husband is? God. We're in a covenant relation. He, he's given us the representation. Years ago, before I even married Pastor Cassie, I was uh, getting ready to, to do a marriage, uh, to do a wedding for uh, some good friends of mine. And, and I would pray over that counseling session before I'd get involved in it. And uh, when I was praying over this specific couple, this is before I even got married, but the Lord told me, tell him the way he loves his wife is the way I'll love him. And I, I was like, what did he say? Uh, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Right? So, so if you understand, if you keep that perspective, you, you know, you, and, and, and God's allowed me and permitted me to share this with a lot of other men, but also take it from my, I took that for myself, you know, that's my, and so, and I think I experienced God's goodness, but I understand my job is to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for the, for her in light of that, in light of that, the Lord is pours out his love on me and I experience his love in ways that I never experienced until I did get married. And he keeps unveiling that love to me. As I grow in my love towards him, I grow in my love towards my wife. And then I experience more of his love towards me in that aspect. It's pretty amazing. You know, and I, I think that that's really uh, something that we as men, that's one of the things Pastor Justin, we've, that's our responsibility. We've got to keep that. He's challenged us to have that intimate relationship with the Lord that we need in order for us to experience the intimate relationship that we desire the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 19, he says, what a man truly desires is unfailing love. I don't care who, who you are. You want to be loved. You want to know that you know that you know that somebody has you, got your back, and is, is going to take care of you. And experience. You, you, you don't want to be on an island by yourself. <laughs> Come on. In life. When life hits you, because life hits you. All of us. And you got to know that you know that you know that someone's got you in the midst of the circumstances or whatever that looks like. And so, so important. Um, I didn't mean to go off on that as long as I did, but we needed that. Amen? Uh, being a champion, champion for God. Uh, in this last chapter, that's basically what I'm kind of covering here. I'm going to read some things that are in this chapter. Uh, one of the, the challenge for us today is don't be the status quo. Don't be like everybody else. Don't just be average. Nobody likes average, right? Nobody likes average. You want to be better than average, right? Come on. You want to, you want to excel. We all want to excel, and that's a choice, amen? Some vessels are made to honor. Some vessels are made to dishonor. Some vessels are made to silver, some to gold, some to wood, some to hay and stubble. You know what? We choose. Come on. We choose. It's a choice that we make. And the consistency by which we live our lives, not just 
one day, but every day is going to determine the, the vessel of honor that we are in order for us to be uh, who God's created us to be at the highest level that he's created us to be at. It's his desire for all of us to live at the highest level. Amen? It's for everyone, not just for one. Um, in, Jer- in Nehemiah, Nehemiah set himself apart because he wouldn't compromise. And that's something that if you're going to not be status quo, just like everybody else, then you're going to have to choose. I'm not going to compromise my, my godly character, what God's created me to be, and trade it in. Uh, don't trade your gold in for brass. Amen. Come on. Come on. You, you don't want you don't, you to don't trade out. You, wanna, you want to make sure that you're not going to be like everybody else. That's what everybody else does. Everybody else, you no, know, that's a choice that you and I have a choice of making. You know what? And, and you wake up with that choice every single day. It's, not, it's what you do today. Yesterday's gone, and you're not promised tomorrow. So what does it look like today? You know, forgetting what is behind, reaching on towards what is ahead, you have to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And no matter what you did yesterday, Lamentations 3.23 says, My compassions fell not for you. They are new every single morning. Great is my faithfulness. We were praying a while ago. He who began that work in us. That's a very reassuring thing for me. Because I know how many mistakes I've made. And I, I'm so grateful that no matter what, that I, my, my life is not my workmanship by myself. My job is to submit myself to him, and he's going to clean out the rest of my life. God's got a great way of just getting rid of the, 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 the boss or the boss, getting rid of the junk that's in my life. He's got a very good way of doing that. If I'll just continue to run towards him. I've, and, you know, and what the devil wants to do is hold you back in yesteryears or yesterday. He wants to continue to try to pull you back into the mully grubs of what it didn't, wasn't like, didn't, you didn't like. And what we've got to continuously do is keep our eyes focused on what's before us. Looking unto Jesus, as it says in Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus does not see us. God does not see us as we see ourselves. He sees us through the blood of Jesus. Come on. You've got to see that. But we have got to determine that we're not going to allow that old life to entangle us and to continue to pull us back in a direction. Set aside the weight that so easily besets us and run the race that's been set before us. Come on. Forgetting what is behind and pressing, reaching forth unto what is ahead. You'll never go where God's calling you. You'll never go in the direction that God's calling you to go if you keep looking back. Never going to get there. You're never going. Jesus told some people, some guys, some some people that came to him, and they asked. He says they they were willing to do whatever, whatever we, we want to go with you. He says foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, you know. And then, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then he, the next little area there, he goes, well, let me go bury my dad first, and then I'll come. No, he's let the dead bury the bed, and let me. And he says. And eventually he just says, you know what? Bottom line is, he who puts his hand, if you're going to go where I'm calling you to go, then you, and you, he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back isn't worthy of me. Amen. That's right. You're not fit for what God has in store for you. You want to stay fit, spiritually fit. And if you keep looking back, 
Man, but you don't know what I've been through. Well, that's your old self. I said this other day, you know, don't let Dracula keep coming out of the coffin. Come on, Dracula, maybe, you know, think he's dead. He pops back up again. That's not, you know, we got to stop letting him rise up. And, and that's your old self. You know, don't, the Jesse preached that sermon, don't have a fit of carnality, you know. And sometimes you, you know, and just keep putting that flesh in the past. Amen. And the only way you can do that is you keep mirroring yourself to what the word of God says. Looking into the word of God, which is the perfect law of liberty, you know, the more you look into it, the better you see who you really are, but you got to keep looking into it. That's why faithfulness is developed by faith. Yeah, because the more faith you have, the easier it is to be faithful. As your faith grows, you believe that God's going to do, and he's already done what he said he's going to do. You believe that. The more you meditate on it, the stronger you get at it, the easier it is for you to be faithful because you know God's not a man that he should lie. So every promise that he's promised you according to his word is going to come to pass as long as I don't draw back. The just shall live by faith. You know, faith has corresponding actions, but don't be like them that draw back. Keep going forward. Forward, see the, the the Bible says he's got your back. He's got your he's your rear guard. It says in Isaiah, but but you you and I have the full armor of God, which is the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation. Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your your belt buckle of truth. You've got the shield of faith. Everything's on the front side of where God's taken you. So don't look back. Keep going forward. You know, it's, it's real simple. You learn how to just shake some things off of you. If you pay attention to the war wounds that you get in the process of it, you're going to get killed. Seriously. Well, you don't know what they did to me. Well, you know what? Stop. Just keep stop messing with that and keep going forward. Why are you letting them hang on to you? Shake it off. You know, this, when, when the Bible says it call, the Lord allows it to rain on the good and the bad, so everybody's going to get hit. <laughs> Seriously. We just got to get better shaking things off and going forward. The only way that you can do that is you got to keep letting the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. You need to keep stirring yourself up, meditating in that word, surrounding yourself. That's why we have the men's meetings so we can surround ourselves. That's why we're going to get in small groups here in a minute. So you can surround yourself. There'll be some people in that group that can get an agreement with you for what you're believing for because you're not supposed to do this alone. That's part of the process. That's the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. As a matter of some is. And because of it, they've gotten weak and they're, they're dealing with things that they shouldn't be dealing with. We've got, to, we've got to learn how to continue in the word of God, not just be a hearer of the word of God. We've got to continue in the word of God daily. Daily take up our cross and follow him. Amen? It's constant. And don't be discouraged if you've had a, a lot of ups and downs because you're here tonight. Come on. Now. Come on. That's, right. That's right. So keep pressing. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I've run a couple of marathons. And there's sometimes when you're running a marathon, that's 26.2 miles. And there, when you get to that 23, 24, it's like, it's like you don't even know you got legs anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know? But you know what you learn? You, just, you know, just keep going. Yeah. 
Don't worry about you. It, it feels like, yeah, it's not, it doesn't feel too good. But you, you don't worry about it. You, if you'll keep going, you're going to finish. And you get the prize. Come on. Stick to itiveness. Stick to it, man. It's all right. Jesus started it, he'll finish it, but you got to stick to it. Come on. All right. Hallelujah. Look at this. Uh, Nehemiah, he wore, he wore, he wore against permissiveness and compromise. Permissiveness and compromise. People will be drawn to you just like they were to Nehemiah and others like David, Daniel, so many other great men. They'll be drawn to you if you'll be willing to not compromise like the rest of the world compromises and permit things and think, you know, that's okay. Oh, everybody else is doing. No, no. You, if you'll stand your ground, eventually everybody will look around and say, hey, why, why can you do that when everybody else isn't doing that? What is it about you that's allowing you to not do what everybody else is doing in this situation? What is it? How come you're not concerned about the situation? Why? Because people are looking for something that has stability to it. We live in an unshaky, in a very shaky world. A very shaky world. And people don't, they don't know what to do, how to do, or how to invest or, or be who they, they were created to be. And they're looking for some answers. And you know what? You have the answer. (coughs) Say, I have the answer. answer. (coughs) When we choose not to be permissive and allow the things that go on that everybody else says it's okay, even as a Christian, when we choose to not not compromise like other people compromise, you're going to have a voice into people's lives that you've been wanting to have. But you've got to make a bold you gotta have you gotta make a bold declaration and stance in some circumstances that allows them to see that, hey, you're a difference maker. When people see that, they don't mind listening. Because all hell is gonna break loose. Come on. And they're gonna be looking, you know who they're gonna go to? The one person that's steady Eddie. They are going they are. The one the person that doesn't sweat when everybody else is sweating. Not that you don't work, that you just don't, don't worry. You're not intense. You're not, you don't have to worry about the situations that everybody else is going, that's going on. You're at peace when everybody else is in turmoil. Nehemiah connected and spoke to his generation, everyday people, and modeled a fascinating model of managing and leading one of the greatest reconstruction projects in history. You have to recognize that what God's doing on the inside, the reason why it's so important, you've heard Pastor Justin talk about this, but the reason why it's so important for you to be a conqueror is because he's created you to be a more than a conqueror and to take what you've learned and poured it into other people. That's right. You've got to see this. God's got, God wants you to have the greatest breakthrough that you ever thought that you could ever have, not just for you. He wants, it, he wants you to be so confident and sure about what he's been working on the inside of you that when you come through it, you're willing to grab somebody else and say, dude, you don't have to go through that yeah. like Amen. that, that I know that you can get through this a whole lot easier. That's right. And you're able to hold on to some, grab hold of some people and say, come on, we got this. That's right. We're going somewhere together. That's right. You can see that God wants to do some reconstruction in people's lives through you and me. 
Not just through just because the pastor's a pastor. I'm telling you, there are people in your life that you're with, that you're around on an everyday basis. And you know what? They're doing all kinds of things, but they're watching. They're watching you. And if you'll keep st- being steady, Eddie, and being who God's created you to be, being the, the strength and the foundation that you have in Christ Jesus, keep being who you are in Christ Jesus, eventually they're going to come to you and say, why do you have what you have? And you're going to say, what do you mean? Well, you just, they're going to tell you. why They're looking, they're watching you. When everybody else is doing all kinds of other stuff, they're watching you. Don't ever think people aren't watching you. That's right. Because they're watching you. And God's, re, God's rescuing you, redeeming you, getting you through the circumstance that you're in right now so that you can minister to others. That same thing. And you, when you've been through something, it's a whole lot easier to take somebody else through it. Come on. I I was, uh, years ago, it's been almost, I guess it is, about about 28 years ago, I was was on a mission trip, and an older feller said, hey, you want to go fishing with me? I said, yeah, I'd love to. He said, okay, I'll be by about 3.30 in the morning. 3.30 in the morning. (laughs) I was like, goodness gracious. Okay, all right, I'll be ready. So... He had to knock on the door a little bit. I got up, and we went fishing, man. We caught our limit that morning. I was like, wow, man. This guy knew what he was doing. We went out there, and we caught some fish, man. I was like, goodness. But he, he, he's, I went out with him a couple of times that week because we were down there ministering. It was, I don't know if everybody's heard of Falcon, but it's down in Falcon, Texas. It's way down the border. And uh, we go into Mexico. It, the, the lake is actually on both on, on the boundary, so... Uh, we were fishing that, and he would just—he'd been a missionary for a long time, and traveled in and out, and done things. And he was probably in his, his, uh, you know, probably seventy or so. And I was just having—I was, I mean, this guy's got some wisdom, and I just sat and listened to him talk, and I just—I was amazed by him. And uh, uh, anyway, uh, he said, "You know, Rick, there's two schools in life." He says, "You got uh, the school of the learned, and you have." The school of hard knocks. And he says, and, and he says, what you, I said, what do you mean? He says, he says, well, it's real simple. He says, you can either learn from somebody that's already learned everything by making all kinds of mistakes themselves, or you can go through the school of hard knocks and make all the mistakes for yourself. I was like, wow. I think I'll learn from somebody that's making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> You know, and I say that because, you know what, all of us go through different things at different times in our lives. And you may have been set free from something and you may have gone through some something that, you know, that God's wanted to use that with that's on the inside of you in order to help somebody else. But you've got to be that willing vessel to say, God, here am I. You've got to be like Isaiah said, here am I, Lord, send me. Well, I'm just a, you don't get it. I'll just work at the, the store down the street. I mean, no, you got to understand there's people that you can touch that Pastor Justin, myself, Danny, other people will never have an opportunity to come across ever. But if you'll put yourself in a position to say, God, whatever, wherever I am and whatever I'm doing, I want to be used by you. He'll begin to open up doors for you. And the next thing you know, it'll be one door after another door, after another door, after another door, after another door. And when you're seeking God in those circumstances, man, you will be amazed at the ways that God can use you beyond your highest expectations, dreams, or desires. Amen. And one day sitting in the middle of something going, how did I get here? And it'll be because all you did is you were willing to just do whatever it was that God was asking you to do that day. And you get up the next day and you do the same thing. 
You get up the next day and do the same thing. And you keep doing it. And you keep doing it. Consistently. 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 David was anointed king at the age of 13 or 14 years old. He didn't step into that until 17 years later. He learned integrity and honor through, the, through a lifestyle of someone chasing him and coming after him. He learned some things from the Lord in that process. Don't, yeah, there's some, op, the, 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 you're, you're going to, you know what? You'll stand on the other side of him. Nothing but a thing. And then you'll be able to bring other people with you. People talk about David's mighty men. Well, those mighty men weren't mighty when David first found them. Seriously. They were broke, busted, and disgusted. You go look at it. They were. But you got to start somewhere. And now is that time. Now is that time. It's a challenge. Amen? We're not going to be status quo. Ask not what God... I wrote some things down. Ask not what God can do for you. He's already done it all. Ask what you can do for God. Come on. Come on now. If you'll start focusing on what you can do for God, God will start putting some anointing on you that you've never experienced in your life. And to be able to do some things that you never thought you could do that but you always wanted to do. Yeah. That's good. Hmm. Our life is a gift from God. What we do with our life is our gift back to Him. Wow. The price of being a real champion isn't just praying and asking God to send someone to fill the gap. That's part of it. Prayer is part of it. But more importantly, it's standing in the gap and doing whatever it takes to make sure God's vision gets accomplished. There were a lot of other people on the face of the earth and, and that, that had more weight and clout than Nehemiah did. But Nehemiah, you know what? He stepped up to the plate. You'll see a lot of times in people's lives, you'll think, why has that guy got that? How come he, you know what? They were just willing to step up and do whatever it took. Come on. Yeah, it's good. Hmm. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I believe God is knocking on some of our doors right now. Going, okay, step out of the boat. Come on. Amen. Open the door. Let me come in and sup with you and let me show you what I've got for you and do whatever it is I'm asking you to do. Just like Isaiah answered the call to hear my assignment, David answered the call, Moses answered the call, Daniel answered the call. But you know what? And Joseph answered the call. All of these guys answered the call, but with that call came persecution. It's just a reality. When you got God on your side, people are a little jealous. Because it seems like everything you put your hand to turns to gold. And they're wondering what is going on, and they don't like it too much. Do you know what? You don't have to take the blame for it. Blame it on God. <laughs> don't get mad at me. Get mad at God. God's the one that did this for me. But be obedient to do whatever it is God's told you to do. Trust him with it. Trust him with your life. There's things that God's going to ask you to do that you're going, ooh, just trust him. Step out of the boat and start walking. He'll hold your hand. He'll catch you. He'll pull you through. Just go. Mom told me a long, long time when I was a kid, she'd tell us, okay, when you get to the end of your rope, because you're going to get there, just tie a knot and hang on. God will pull you through. Yeah. There's times where you just feel like you can't go no more. I can't go no more. I can't go no more. You know what? God will pull you through. Amen. Just hang on. Hang tight. Trust in him. 
meditate in him, look into him. He's constant, he's consistent, and he wants to get us to the other side. Amen? Amen. Um, I'm going to wrap up with this right here, and then we're going, and I'll, then I'll talk about our small groups and stuff. One of my um, favorite scriptures in, in the Bible, it's one, of, it's one of Dr. Chavelle's favorite book, scriptures, is 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. And this is, uh, you know, who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Amen. This is the victory that overcometh the world. This is the victory that overcometh the world. And, and I never will forget, it was... It was, it was, I guess it was the year 2000, maybe. Um, and I was, back then I was doing a lot of rodeo ministry. I was traveling and there was a, over a Butch Bruton. He was over in Cattle Mills, a great guy. Uh, and uh, he was doing a tent revival and he had, um, he had some stalwarts come in there, but it was for cowboys. And it was pretty cool because I was in rodeo ministry. So I was asked to be a part of it and do some things. And um, when I was there, I mean, you had, Happy Caldwell one night, Jesse DePlantis one night, Kenneth Copeland, Leroy Thompson, and Dr. Chevelle. I think that's who they were. That's a pretty star-studded cast. For a bunch of cowboys in a tent meeting. We were in a t- Did you go to that meeting, Jim? Uh, man, it was, it was just, oh. But uh, I picked up a book by Happy Caldwell. And in that book, he talked about more than a conqueror. And, uh, and, I, and in my Romans 8, 37, says we are more than conquerors. And Dr. Chevelle talks about it being like this. He says, you know, when, and he would use uh, Evander Holyfield, Evander Holyfield getting the ring, and he'd go in there, and he'd just go to punching somebody, and he'd whoop like he whooped Mike Tyson. And so he wins the world championship, you know. And he says, you know, uh, Evander Holyfield won the fight. But Evander Holyfield's wife was more than a conqueror. Because when Evander Holyfield got home, you know who he handed the check to? His wife. <laughs> Come on. And, 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 and that's what I liken uh, Romans chapter 8 to. That's what he likens it to. Is that because of what Jesus did, he's made us more than a conqueror. Because see, really, what everything that God's asking you to do, he's not asking you to do it by yourself. That's right. And I can, I can do whatever it is that God's asking me to do. I just have to trust him and believe him that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And he's going to do it. Amen. He's not a man that he should lie. My confidence has got it. My faithfulness has got it. My faith has got to be in his faithfulness that he's going to do his part. I just need to step out and do whatever it is he's asking me to do. Because he wants to show up and show out in my life. I've got to be willing to step out in my life and do whatever it is that he's asking me to do. When I do that, I become more than a conqueror because even though I'm the one stepping out, he's the one that's making sure that it all gets tended to. He's already promised me the victory. I just got to have enough faith. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God and that God's going to do what he said he's going to do. I've just got to be willing to step out the boat. In that word, hooper, it's actually translated more than a conqueror is hooper nikeo. Word hooper in Greek, it's, it's a whole, and, and the reason I talked about the, the tent meeting, because I picked up that book from Happy Caldwell, and he explained it as being a super champion. Hooper nikeo. Y'all know Nike comes from that word nikeo. It's a champion. That's what Nike means, champion. And you see this, but here's the reality of it. That was made for you and me. 
more than a conqueror, a hooper and a a super champion, is someone that understands the revelation of who they are in Christ and is willing to step out in faith and do whatever it is that God's called them to do. When you do that, that whatever you're facing in that situation, God has promised you to be the conqueror in that situation, to have the victory in that situation, overcome the war. You're called to be a world champion. A person that is a champion in the world, whatever that is, but it takes faith to do it. You and I got to step out. We cannot continue to be status quo. We won't continue to be status quo. Why? Because we're going to continue in the things that God has told told us to continue in. We're going to stay the course. We're going to meditate in the word. We're going to follow Pastor Justin, Dr. Chevelle, and other men of God that God puts into our lives as they follow Christ. And we're going to watch Christ be high and lifted up in our lives and draw all men to himself. We're going to watch whatever it is that he's asking us to put our hand to is going to prosper. Whether that's your business, that your family, your society, and especially even this church. Amen. I believe that there, the men in this church are rising up and have risen up in, in this season, in this time, and will continue to rise up to be the leaders that are in this church. Yes. Come on now. It's a, a challenge, but I know that there's things that God's wanting to do in our lives that he's waiting for us to step up and be responsible for the life that he's given us first. And in that process, we're going to see the manifestation of his goodness in our lives in ways that we can't imagine. Just bam, boom, pretty awesome. It's exciting, right? All right, so what we're going to do now, so there's three things. Say my family, my church, and my community. Those three things. Say my family. Family first. That's your first. Your relationship with God is where all stems from. But but your priority from after your relationship with God is your family. Whatever that, God's called you to be, called you to your family first. The Bible says even to a minister, if you can't keep your family in check, you have no business being in ministry. Man can't rule his house. He has no busy business being in ministry. Okay, that's how important it is to God. And then this focus on your family and being, health, being healthy in your family, spiritually healthy and strong and make sure that you're living your life. My mom told me this as a kid. I was a, grew up as a minister's kid. And she said, she'd always say the true test of a Christian is the way they live at home, not at church. Because everybody puts on their church, not just their church clothes, their church personality when they show up to church. The real test of a Christian is what they look like at home. It's true, amen? That's what we want to be. So we want to be that light to our house, our family. Because you get up here and you preach to your kids one thing and you act a whole different way when you get home. We don't do that, right? We're not going to do that. We've got to make sure that that takes place. The second thing is, is you have a responsibility here at the church. What is it God's asking you to do? What are you stepping into? What are you making yourselves available for? Hello. You know, if you show up, you know, around my house growing up, I did some things. If I didn't do some things, I ain't eating. Yeah. You go get, come on. Right. Seriously. Yeah. My dad would give us coscarons. Did you, did you ever get a coscaron? Yeah, you, David, you get them? They hit you on top of the head, man. Like, boy. I got a few of those growing up. And so, but you learn some things. What? Responsibility, man. Take, take ownership. This is your house. 
Our church, this church is our house. It's our spiritual home. You know, some things that Pastor Justin's going to be challenging you know, over the next few years to see our church expand and do what it's called to do. And I believe it's the men in our church that are going to help lead that in the direction that God's called it to go in. And so we, we're the ones that need to stir up ourselves and our responsibility. Man, the, the yard needs mowing. Go out there and mow the yard. Come on. Don't take a rock sign. You got to figure that out. Come on. Shingle start falling off. Somebody better get their rear up on top of that roof and get it done. Come on. <laughs> right? It's not that complicated. The same way it's your house. This is your spiritual house. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Amen. Doesn't take much, right? Things to get done around here. Amen. It's important to maintain and do what God's called us to do here. Amen. And last thing is, is our community. We're supposed to be a light into the world. A city on a hill. Amen. So we've got to make a commitment. You know what? I'm going to be involved in the outreaches that take place here in the church. Some of the things that are going on. And you know what? I'll look in my community and find out, is there something else God wants us doing out there? Because Pastor Justin's heart and desire is by, in the next six years, that we're going to have over 500 people that go out on a regular basis to minister out in the community. Not just in the four walls here in the church. We're going to, do, we're going to, we're going to be a healthy church. And part of being a healthy church is making sure your eyes aren't focused just on yourself. Come on. We've got to make sure that we have a vision that's bigger than who we are naturally. Come on. The Bible says, go ye therefore into all the world. Amen. That starts right here. If you look at what Jesus said, he said, you go to your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. If you look at the way that's structured up, Jerusalem is where they were. Judea was the next surrounding area. Samaria was the other area, and then then he said to the uttermost parts of the world, God's a, God's a very a God of order. He's always trying to teach us, and so it's important. It starts at home. That's where it's, it's got to be, and that's what Pastor Justin's been feeding us this year. Is man, let's be healthy men of God. Let's be the men of God that we're supposed to be in our homes. Let's rise up and be who we need to be here. Because when we start doing that, it's going to be easy for us to come up here as a church and get involved in what's going on here as a church. And as we continue to do that and grow and become healthier and healthier, it's easier for us to go out and do what it is that God's called us to do. Amen. Amen. So I want us to get together in groups. Uh, some, some of our leaders, Freddie, if you'll help me with that and get guys in certain pockets, one about six to eight guys, at least in every group, uh, we're going to pray over each other. There are three things. There's a, a couple of commitments. Um, you know, one pray with our men to believe on how they can get involved in these three areas. Just set yourself in agreement. You don't have to say, this is what I'm doing just yet, I just, but I want you to get in agreement with them praying about what those areas and what is it? And if they're struggling with something in one of these areas, minister to them, guys. Minister to them. Help them see how, what they can do and how, what we're talking about. Elaborate a little bit more on what I've been talking about. Pray in a commitment, commitment in these areas. There may be some areas that, hey, you know what? The Lord's been dealing with me. One of the things that Freddie and Matt, I, I think you'll have a list. There's about, <clears throat> there's two pages on this list, a front and back page, of, of ways that you can get involved here in the church and some of the outreaches as well in the, in the community. So you can take that sheet, and I, I encourage you to take that sheet and, and make a commitment. Here's the sheet right here. 
on this has got all the different areas of availability here in the church, from greeting to usher, parking lot team, first impression, all kinds of things. There's, there's a children's ministry, there's youth, there's live production. Some of you guys are involved in some of this stuff already, which is really great. There's also our outreaches. There's a list of our outreach street, uh, relational evangelism, community outreach, missions, all kinds of different things that we've got going on. You can pray about some of those. Making a commitment to say, I'm going to pray about what is it, God, that you want me to get involved here in the church? What is it that you want me to get involved here in the community outreaches here that we have? And most importantly, you may need some help with your relationship with your family at home. And the men that are in this group, they're going to be, you know, we got, we got four or five men I know that are going to help lead this. And there's going to be a couple of men in each group, okay? In light of that, man, ask questions. Let's pray together. Let's get strong, stronger together. And let's not do this alone. Hold each other accountable. In that group that we've got, I'm going to ask you to, to just write down, the leaders will write down the, the names of the people they have. In there. Hold yourself accountable to pray over them. If they share something, hold yourself. As leaders, we're going to pray over you guys. We're going to commit to pray over you guys as a whole and stand in the gap with you over your family. Because that's something that I know all of us want to have, a healthy family and strong family and successful family. We want that for you just as much as we do for ourselves. So we'll do that, and then we'll focus on the other two aspects of that, and then we'll pray in agreement and stay committed to it, okay? So we'll, let's do that for about 20, 15, 20 minutes, kind of see how it flows there, and then um, we'll go from there.